Welcome to the Brave Church Podcast. We are honored you've chosen to listen and pray you're blessed by this talk. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit bravechurch.org. All right, how are you guys doing this morning? Was that awesome worship or what? That first song, I thought I was at a local Natives concert or something. I mean, it was just right there. Some of you know who that is. Some of you don't. That's okay. But man, we're so excited to be here. I'm excited to be here. It's an honor. It's a privilege anytime um, to have the opportunity to share God's word. And it's one of my favorite things to do. So really excited. But I want to welcome you. If you've been coming uh, just for a few weeks, if this is your first Sunday, if you're new, our church has been growing and there's a lot of new people, new faces. So thanks for being here. We're glad you're here. Uh, We're a church that makes room for more people. As you just saw the announcement, you know, we're making room, we're adding a gathering next weekend because we want to make room for more people. That's our heart. And that's a part of our mission um, is to see more people come to know Jesus, to help more people find and follow Jesus. And so that said this morning... Uh, For the first time, we're on Facebook Live. So if you're joining us from a beach in Southern California, if you're at a cabin in Tahoe, or if you're still laying in bed, we're glad you're tuning in. In fact, if you have questions, if you want to comment um, in the next few days, I'll do my best to answer those. That's a great way we can continue the conversation. Uh, If you're here and you have a question and you want to pop on later, it'll be living on our page. So ask your questions. Let's keep talking about what we're learning and and what God's saying. And of course, you have home churches is another great place um, to do that. But today we're going to we're going to jump right into it. We're going to be talking about a topic that I think is so timely in our nation right now, in our community. And that is the topic of greatness. Now, our current president ran a campaign on the idea of making America great again. And in in broaching this topic, I'm not even trying to jump in to the political crossfire. Like, that would be suicide. Like, the dumbest thing I could do as the the youth pastor's opportunity to speak on a Sunday, right? Like, why would I do that? I'll never get a chance again. But but I will say that I I do believe that, that we do live in a time where our nation needs people who will be great. Can we all agree on that, that we need people who are willing to live a great life and to be great men and women of God? And in order to do that, to be great men and women of God, we have to understand greatness from God's perspective. We need to know what does God say about being great? What do the teachings of Jesus say about being great? So today we're going to look at a passage found in the book of Luke where Jesus introduces his disciples to the principle of greatness, So if you'll join me, let's pray before we continue. God, I just pray this morning that you would prepare our hearts, that you'd open our eyes, that we would be fully receptive to what it is that you would teach us through your word. Uh, I pray that you would remove all distractions, anything uh, maybe that we came in with this morning, an argument on the way to church. That never happens, right? Um, You know, just whatever it is, maybe we didn't sleep well the night before, or we're just unsure that, that, that this is a place that's going to accept us, uh, any lies or thoughts that might be in our head or our consciousness that are not from you, God, I pray that they would leave now and that we would be ready to, to hear you and to see you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, we're going to go to Luke chapter 9, verse 46 through 50. It's going to be on the screen behind me. It's also in your notes. But you can also download the Brave Church app. It has a Bible in it, and I just want to 
share something that I think is kind of cool. Hundreds of you have downloaded this app. We, can, we actually can see you know, how many people are downloading it, and we can even see what people are doing with it. And check this out. Since we launched the app in January, over 2,000 sessions have been logged of people having a personal devotion time through the app. And we know that because the, the, the average amount of time as, as these sessions are, are, are lasting is over five minutes. So it's not just opening it and closing it and we have this number of a couple thousand. No, like people are actually using this resource to get into God's word on a regular basis. So we think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Really cool. Let me give you a little background before we read our passage, just so, so that we can understand what's going on. Jesus has just told his disciples that he is, in fact, the Messiah. He is, in fact, the person that they grew up hearing about, that their, that their nation has been waiting for for so long, that the Jewish people have been crying out to God, asking God for. They might have even thought that God had forgotten about them. And so here he is telling them, you know, you've been following me. And, and you weren't quite sure what you were getting yourselves into, but I am, in fact, the Messiah. And so they're looking forward to this new kingdom, this new era that he's going to usher in, the reclaiming of their holy land. And so, th- so they're processing this. And they're not quite sure what all this means. And then Jesus takes three of them up to a mountain to pray. And this is known as the transfiguration, this, this supernatural, unexplainable, incredible moment where Jesus' whole appearance changes his, his cloak and his, his body become white as lightning. And then two ancient biblical figures, Moses and Elijah, appear, and they have a conversation. So three of the disciples are present when this happens. The rest of them, they missed out. You know, they're just hearing about it later. Uh, they're not sure, you know, why they didn't get to be there or what happened. But Jesus only took three of them. And then Jesus singles out one of his disciples, one of the 12, and he says, Hey, Peter, on you, I'm going to build my church. You're going to be the rock on which I build my church. So the rest of the disciples, they're, they're not really sure where they stand. They're not really sure what their role is going to be in this new kingdom. And this is where our passage begins, starting in verse 46. It says, An argument started among the disciples as to which of them would be the greatest. Jesus, knowing their thoughts, took a little child and had him stand beside him. And then he said to them, whoever welcomes this little child in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. For it is the one who is least among you all who is the greatest. Master said, John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name and we tried to stop him because, we were not, uh, because he's not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for whoever is not against you is for you. So, so Jesus says that greatness in the kingdom, is being willing to be last. It's being willing to be the least. So what you think is great, what I think is great, might be different than what God thinks of as great. And that's what I want to propose to you this morning, that, that you may, we may kind of get it, we may a little bit get it, but God may have something to say to you today about what it truly means for you to be great. So to help me better, uh, to help us better illustrate this pr- principle, I have two friends that are going to help us. Braden's going to come up here, and my neighbor Matt. Let's give them a hand. Let's welcome them. All right. So, Braden, how old are you? Eight. Eight. Matt, how old are you? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Okay. Braden, let's just start with this. Let's just let's see how strong you are. Do you think you could pick me up? No. <laughs> well, let's just see. Okay. Let's try to pick me up. 
I, that was close. You know, I, I almost helped you out. But, Brayden, tell me this. Do you get to decide when you want to go to bed? No. You don't? You don't get to go to bed whenever you want? No. Do you get to decide what you want to have for dinner every night? Sometimes. Sometimes? Okay. Can, can you go wherever you want whenever you want? No. That's tough. Okay. Well, hey, thanks, thanks for helping us out. And uh, you can go sit down. Thanks, buddy. Okay. Let's, yeah. So, Braden represents the child. Matt represents the disciples. Matt represents us. Matt, do you think you can pick me up? Should we see if Matt can pick me up? All right, let, Matt, let's, let's. Now, do you want to just hold me? Okay. I, now, I will say, I knew he could pick me up because we work out together. He's my neighbor, and we'll just see how long he can hold me, okay? Um, Matt, do you get to go wherever you want, whenever you want? Yeah, can you eat whatever you want? Uh-huh. That's awesome. Can you go to bed whenever you want? That's, that's great. Okay, you can, you can put me down. <laughs> he didn't have to, but he chose to. Um, so, so according to Jesus, Matt is great when he uses his strength, his ability to serve Braden. That's greatness from God's perspective. So what is the principle of greatness? This is so important. I just want to take a minute and make sure we're all on the same page of what a principle is. Because we've got rules, we've got laws, we've got all of these things, we've got orders. A principle is more powerful than all of these things. Because the the rules, the laws, all of these things can be broken. Okay, But a principle has the power to break you. For example, the principle of gravity. If I go to San Francisco and I'm up on a rooftop and I just decide to jump, that would be very dumb, right? Because I'm going to experience the reality of the principle of gravity. And I'm going to experience that reality whether I want to or not, okay? Whether I believe in it or not, it's just there. It exists. The principle of gravity is real and it's powerful. There's also the principle of buoyancy, right? Because of the principle of buoyancy, we know if a ship is well made, it's safe to go on it. If, if, we didn't, if the principle of buoyancy wasn't trusted, if we didn't know that, that well-made ships float, then nobody would ever go on a boat, right? So the principles of the kingdom that Jesus introduces us to, they're just as real, as the principle of gravity and the principle of buoyancy and some of these other principles that maybe we're more aware of. So Jesus, he introduces them to the principle of greatness. So today we're going to look at some of these kingdom principles or we're going to look at the principle of greatness um, and some of the attributes that can help us better understand how it works, what it looks like, what it means to be great. Are you with me? All right. So five attributes of greatness. If you're taking notes, you can write this first one down. Number one is a humble perspective. Have you ever felt so right about something, just so right, and then been so wrong? Has that ever happened to you? That's, that's called humbling, right? <laughs> when you think you're so right and you're so wrong. I remember when I was first starting out in youth ministry down in Southern California, and it was just this incredible season at an awesome church, and the youth ministry was growing, and we had an opportunity 
to take some of our team up to Seattle to go to this youth conference. And we were really excited. I mean, just going on a trip is fun, right? So we're going up to this church and all these speakers are gonna be coming through and speaking at it and just getting everybody pumped up. And they were so awesome. They're some of the largest youth ministries in America. And so our team, we were getting inspired. We were so excited and we were watching these guys uh, speak, and we were watching them do their thing, and we were just like, man, we want to do that. We want to we be like them. And there was one problem with what happened, is that we watched these guys do what they've been doing that they're so good at, and we thought that was it. We thought, man, they make it look so easy, it must be easy. And we were new to this whole thing of, of serving and ministry, and so then we go home, and we're like, man, this is hard. We thought if you just had some jokes, and if people liked you, then it would just work but it's not that easy. There's like, these guys were, were, you know, this was their highlight reel, but throughout the week, all year long, they're in the trenches, they're serving, they're doing things that nobody sees, right? And, and these disciples, when it came to greatness, they're thinking, what's my role? What's my position? How are people going to think of me? And they had no idea what they were getting themselves into. More often than not, greatness has to do with the things that nobody knows about that nobody's going to see. Most of, of these men would end up dying for their faith. Most of these men would end up dying for the cause of Christ. And if they would have known that at this time, I wonder if they would have stayed. I wonder if they would have stuck around. You know, they said yes to Jesus. Isn't it amazing when you say yes to Jesus and you start following? I mean, you have no idea where he's taking you and what you say yes to. I mean, we just don't know it all up front. Right? We don't know what, what it, where he's going to take us. Maybe some of you have been attracted to a team at church, to a ministry, and you thought, that would be fun. I'll check, I'll, I'm going to check out the kids' team. Right? I'm going join, join, to be a kids' volunteer, and I'm going to take a class, and you know, it's going to be like t- you know, some kids. It's going to be like petting puppies. Like I go in, and they're all fun and cute, and we're just going to hang out. And, but then you go, and there's like 10-plus kids, and it's utter chaos, and they're running around, they're yelling, and you're trying to capture their attention and teach them something about Jesus. And one of them made the other kid cry, and you're sweating at this point, and it's not what you signed up for. It's not at all what you signed up for. Leading a team, getting a promotion is more responsibility. It almost always involves more work that nobody sees that you may never get appreciated for. It's a humbling experience. You think at first you're gonna be a rock star, right? And you end up being more like a roadie. You're carrying people's stuff around. You're cleaning up messes. There's no way the disciples could have guessed what being a part of this kingdom and being leaders in this kingdom would have looked like because their paradigm was what they saw in Roman rulership. That's what they grew up thinking of leadership. That's what they grew up seeing, So following Jesus means a new definition of greatness, a new perspective. To be great is to say, I may see things this way, but I'm also like a child. I'm also like Braden. There's so many things I don't know yet, and that's okay. One of the beautiful things about being great in the kingdom and this new perspective is that you don't have to know everything. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be good at everything. You get to trust in Jesus and figure it out as you go. A humble perspective says, I have my narrative, but when God starts writing the story and it starts playing out differently than I wanted it to or that I saw it going, I'm going to choose his way and see where it goes. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold my life openly to, to the call of God and where he might direct me and lead me. 
And just because we feel confused or lost sometimes, it doesn't mean that God is. It doesn't mean that you're still not on his best plan for your life. I think some of you needed to hear that. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Number two, a positive attitude. The disciples argued amongst each other because they wanted to be great. Their attitude was that if they didn't fight for themselves, they wouldn't get their fair share of the spotlight. That was their attitude. What a negative view of how Jesus had plans for them, of Jesus' plan for their lives. What a negative starting point to what his kingdom would look like, that you have to fight for your spot in this kingdom, that you've got to argue your way, that you've got to prove to everyone else in the room that this is, this is my position, this is my role, this is what I, I should do. On, on Tuesday, my wife Marcy and I went to some friend's house for dinner, and we had an awesome dinner. You know those dinners where you just lose track of time, you're just having a good time? And so we got home, and we were locked out of our apartment. And it's late at night. And earlier in the day, I had taken our key off of her keys because I needed it. I couldn't find mine. And so I had the key. I left it in the apartment. And so we took her car, and I just locked the door with, like, just being lazy. Like, I just locked the door on the handle on the inside and shut it behind me. So we get back, and we're locked out. And we tried to break in, and we couldn't. Like, we're no good at breaking into houses. So we couldn't get in, and we, we had to call my parents, see if, if we could stay with them. And, you know, I was, like, really proud of her because I was thinking, man, this is really my fault. I got us locked out of our place a weeknight. It was very inconvenient. Okay, and she could have blamed me and been all upset, and she didn't complain. She had a positive attitude. And then we get to my parents' house, and we get to play with the dogs. It's warm. There's way more food in their refrigerator. We had a great bed to sleep on. Like, life was not hard that night. But it could have taken such a negative turn if it wasn't for a positive attitude. The disciples' attitude had them fighting over what they wanted, and it almost caused them to miss what they had. I mean, think about how incredible the opportunity they got to walk with Jesus. They had access to Jesus that no one else had. They were chosen to build the church. They had so much, but their attitude almost caused them to lose sight of that. A positive attitude allows you to see what you would otherwise take for granted. Number three is a heart of service. I love, this adi- uh, I love this attribute because it's so practical yet powerful. You cannot be great in the kingdom without a heart of service. We see so many examples, great examples of this attribute around here at Brave. So I just want to share a few stories with you. Is that okay? Just a few stories. Just brag on a few people. One of them is Demetrius. He's here this morning sitting right there. Shout out to Demetrius. So... Back a few months ago, uh, people watching live, you don't get to see him because you're not in the room. So come to the 1030. Uh, but the, the, back a few months ago, we were trying to recruit for the youth ministry. Like we didn't have a lot of volunteers. We really needed more volunteers. And there was a point where it was really discouraging because I'm just like, man, don't people care about high schoolers around here? It's fun. High school ministry is fun. Like where are all the people that want to be a part of the youth team? And so Demetrius came, and he was really excited to get involved, and he came on a Wednesday night, and we started getting to know each other, but, but it just didn't work with his commute. He was commuting all the way to Oakland to teach at an elementary school, and so he just couldn't get there in time, and it was too much. So I was kind of bummed, because it would have been great to have him on the team, and 
So I did all I knew to do at that time is just keep praying that God would send more people, that he would send more people to be a part of what we're doing. And so then a few months later, I get back from our honeymoon and I'm going through the list of everybody who signed up for the volunteer 90. Raise your hand if you're, if you're serving 90 minutes a week, part of our vision for 2017. That's awesome, like three of you. Um, <laughs> so volunteer 90 is a great opportunity. It's just, hey, let's serve 90 minutes a week. We can all do that. Right? We can all serve 90 minutes a week, we can all give 90 minutes a week, and we can all pray 90 minutes a week for our community. So that's our vision for the year if you missed it. I know we have so many new people. It's not too late to jump in. We're, like, we're only in February, right? So Volunteer 90, I'm calling people, and I'm getting really excited. People are joining the team. And then I heard through a relative that Demetrius got a new job. And I hadn't heard much about it or anything, but I thought, well, I'm just going to follow up and see. Maybe he's got some room in his schedule. Maybe he can join our team. So we met up for coffee, and he told me this incredible story. He, he drops his kids off in the morning at their elementary school in San Ramon, and he had at least an hour of free time every morning before he had to be in Oakland at 10. And so what did he decide to do at that hour? He started volunteering at his kid's school. He's in the library, putting stickers on books, in the, in his, getting to be in his kid's classroom, just serving the teachers. Well, one day, the, the, the principal of the elementary school comes up to him, and she says, hey, my husband is the principal of Doherty High School, and he has a vice principal position open. I think you should apply for it. So with that and a series of other referrals, he ends up getting the job. His commute's gone. Yeah. Isn't that cool? So choosing to take an extra hour of his morning and do something really uncommon, which is just serve others with that hour. I mean, there's so many things that I might have thought of to do with that hour, right? Listen to a podcast, run some errands, read a book. There's so many things, good things that we might think to do with that hour. But he chose to serve and through serving, through taking that position of a servant, God was able to elevate him and promote him. I think that's amazing. So the disciples, why am I talking about the disciples? That's not where I'm at. Another story. My neighbor, Matt, we've been talking, the disciples are all throughout this talk. Don't worry, we'll get back to them. Um, my neighbor, Matt, who, who lifted me up, really strong guy. Um, he's a chef at Almanac in downtown Danville. He works there. He's a chef. He's, you know, working like six days a week for a while. And one night he decides that he wants to cook all of us dinner. We're neighbors. We invited a bunch of people over and he cooks all of us this amazing three-course meal. We're blown away. We're so grateful. Everyone had such a good time. And him choosing to take his night off and serve us was such a blessing to us. Right? That's such, that's such a great thing to do. This last weekend, um, Friday and Saturday, in here, we had over 60 ladies come to an IF gathering. It was a, a, a broadcast, broadcasted event. They were able to come together, um, be inspired, uh, get into God's word, connect with each other, because a group of ladies in our church decided this is a, a great way we could volunteer to serve all the other ladies. Isn't that amazing? I think we have a photo. Um, there we go. There's some of the ladies. Isn't that? Yeah. If. Amazing, right? But, they, but that wouldn't have happened if they didn't decide to roll up their sleeves and actually do something. If they didn't decide, we're actually going to, we're not just, we're going to pray, we're going we're gonna to give, but we're also going to do something that's going to tangibly help people, that's just going to get in the mix and, and make it happen. This last um, 
Uh, this upcoming weekend, our quarterback's speaking, right? And th- I think this is a great example of greatness because a lot of people are coming. The response has been off the charts and not just online, but we've been, walk- we've been putting flyers up everywhere. I mean, Marcy and I on, on uh, Wednesday after youth, we just went to downtown Danville and asked people if we could put up the flyer. Like we went to all the bars. Guys, today's Super Bowl. If you're going anywhere to watch the game, bring a flyer with you. Ask if you can put it up on a community bulletin board. God works through flyers, right? You've got to give him something to work with, right? We were amazed how many people were just so open. I mean, you know, you go to downtown Danville and you'll see like right on the front door of some of these bars is this flyer. They let us put it on the door, like right below Norms in downtown Danville. You've got the flyer right there, double-sided. When you're coming and going, you're going to see it. But let's spread the word. Here's the thing. We saw so many people responding. So many people are pumped. People are saying, like, that church can't hold Derek Carr. <laughs> so we're like, we got to do something about it. And so we're having this meeting, and we're thinking, well, the, the natural idea would just be to add another gathering. But that's a big commitment. I mean, I know my dad makes it look easy up here, but it takes a lot of energy to do this and to add a whole nother service and all the people that affects, it's a big ask. And Derek didn't even hesitate. He said, you know what? If, it's, if that's gonna help more people, let's do it. That's greatness. You, know, you can be a great quarterback because you play a great game, but being a great man is saying yes to God and being willing to serve others. Number four, words that add value. The disciples were arguing And we don't know what they were saying, okay? The text doesn't tell us, but I don't think they were encouraging each other, okay? They're arguing about who's gonna be the greatest. And then John says that he tried to stop someone from helping people in Jesus's name. He's he's casting out demons in Jesus's name. And they're like, no, you're not one of us. You're not a part of our tribe. You, you, You shouldn't be doing that. It says they tried to stop him. They just tried to shut him down. And how interesting, here we have Jesus, and he, he brings up a child. I mean, imagine you're Jesus, you're a teacher, and you're like, I've got this great illustration. Okay, these guys aren't getting it, but I've got this great illustration. It's really gonna hit home. Like, when they hear this, the mic's gonna drop. Like, when I say the least of you will be the greatest, it's gonna be like, boom, game over. And he's got this kid, and he finishes, and what does John do? He changes the subject. He's like, Okay, but hey, Jesus, there's this guy over here. Like, I I don't really want to process what you're saying right now. I'm still concerned with being great. And this guy over here, he's kind of making us look bad because we're your disciples. Imagine how this conversation could have gone if they were speaking from a place of greatness, if they were adding value. I'd imagine Peter might say to John, hey, John, you know what? You'd be really good at this. You know what? Hey, Mark, people follow you. You're a leader. You should, maybe you could could have this role in the new kingdom. And you know what, Luke? People listen to you. I bet even people that aren't Jewish would listen to you. Maybe you should write a book to them. Maybe you should tell Jesus' story to people who aren't from our faith or our background. Maybe you should talk to, to those people. Hey, guys, did you hear what happened at that church in Walnut Creek? Did you hear what happened to that church in San Francisco? I heard hundreds of people in a city that is so far from God are gathering. Thousands of people are gathering and coming to know Jesus. That's amazing. Did you hear about that home church that just multiplied? Like they just, add, they just split and added another home church. That's incredible. Words reveal the condition of your heart. 
The disciples' hearts, they were full of insecurity and ambition, and their words reflected it. They didn't understand that their greatness didn't come from what they accomplished. Their greatness didn't come from how people saw them and thought of them. Their greatness came from how they helped people, what they did for no appreciation, for no accolades, for no notice. Their greatness came because they, from being created by God. You know, we just sang a song, Great Are You, Lord. We are great because we are created in his image. And so the more we become like him, the more we represent the heart of Jesus, the more we take these lessons to heart, the greater we become. God wants us to be surrounded by people and to be the kind of people that will add value to each other's lives. Uh, Friday, I needed some encouragement. I was studying this week for, uh, to teach this morning, and Thursday night, I, I closed all my applications, and then Friday morning, I was in staff, and I needed to send the notes uh, for the programs, and I realized that I didn't save it. <laughs> so I lost it, and I was kind of discouraged. So I called a few friends. They encouraged me. They made me feel great. <laughs> Like, you don't need a message. Yeah, right. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. They're, they're like, just get up there and pray. No. <laughs> they made me feel great, though. When was the last time you were that, that person in someone else's life? That you just added value. You just reminded them how great they are. What's happening around you that's remarkable? Are you telling people about it? Are you saying good things about your friends behind their backs? Great people, they're talkative about great things. Let's review five attributes, and then, and then we'll look at our last one. Five attributes of greatness. Number one, a humble perspective. Number two, a positive attitude. Number three, a heart to serve. And number four, words that add value. Lastly, number five, radical acceptance. This may be one of the hardest attributes to live out because there are so many reasons to struggle with accepting others. We all like to think of ourselves as being fully accepting of others. I think we have a lot of room to grow. We struggle because they're better than we are. We struggle because they're different than we are. We struggle because they have more money than we do. We struggle because they're better looking than we are. They're more popular than we are. And we can really mask this one in, 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 in spiritual talk, you know. We kind of, well, I'm just concerned about him. Or I'm just concerned about her. I just, I wonder, I wonder how their heart is. Like I wonder, you know, there's so many ways we can miss this one when we're not, uh, we, can, we can miss acceptance, radical acceptance. In the disciples' case, because they didn't, be, someone didn't belong to their tribe, they must have been wrong. They must have been missing it. But think about this from Jesus' perspective. Here his followers we're missing one of his core values, to be humble. There's no humility in, in their conversation. They're arguing about being great. They're arguing about who's gonna have the most important role. And what does Jesus do? He doesn't get mad at them. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't tell them that they're, how wrong they are. He doesn't get upset. He doesn't say, oh man, you guys, like you don't get it, you know. I might, I might need to bench you for a little bit. No ministry for you for a little bit. I can't, I don't know if I can work with this. In fact, a lot's resting on the future of the church, so I might need to find some other guys to start investing in. He doesn't do that. Sometimes we think that God sees us this way. We make a mistake. We expect that, man, God, maybe God's accepting me a little less right now because that, you know, I know I made a mistake. That wasn't good. 
So maybe God feels differently, but God says no. He says, just because I taught you a lesson doesn't mean you're dumb. Just because I taught you a lesson doesn't mean I don't believe in you. Just because I'm teaching you a lesson doesn't mean I don't accept you. It doesn't mean I don't love you. Just because I taught you a lesson, it doesn't mean I don't, that you're a failure, right? But don't miss the lesson. Jesus accepts us just as we are, but then he says, now I wanna help you change. Now I wanna teach you some lessons. Now I wanna, I wanna make you greater in my sense of the word. But in order to do that, you're gonna have to catch these lessons. You're gonna have to be open. In fact, you're gonna have to be humble constantly. And from this day to the next day to the rest of your life, you're gonna constantly be changing if you're growing. You can't grow if you're not willing to change. You can't grow if you're not open to it. You can't grow if you know it all, right? So Jesus is saying, I love you, but I I love you so much that I'm gonna teach you some lessons. Don't miss the lesson. Will we humble our perspectives? Will we use our time, our strength, our ability to serve others? If you'll bow your heads and join me, we're gonna close in prayer together. And I wanna pray for you. And, And of those different attributes and those different things, I believe that God's been speaking I know, that, I know that God wants to see us be a great people, be a great church, a church filled with great people. And that there's gonna be growth areas for all of us. That we all have you know, some, some aspects of humility, some aspects of what it means to be great that don't come as easy. And Jesus is saying, I love you so much. I'm gonna keep, keep teaching you. I'm gonna be patient with you. I'm not gonna bench you. You didn't miss my best for your life just because you missed a few lessons, right? You didn't miss my best for your life just because you made a mistake, just because it took you what you think is longer, what you think took you longer was me preparing you, was my shortcut. God, I just pray for every person here, Lord. I pray for these great people. God, I pray that you would open their eyes to the areas that you're saying, hey, let me help you. Let me show you something. Let me take this child and show you what it means to be great. I pray these things in Jesus' name, amen.